Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. We're here for the Brentford preview this weekend. Got FPL Nima here, myself, and Clayton at Clates AFC on Twitter. Really looking forward to this one, Clayton. Hopefully, we're going to bounce back after the defeat at Everton last week, which we dug into in the review episode. If anyone missed that, do be sure to go back and check it out. But how are you feeling for uh, tomorrow's game, Clayton? Yeah, looking forward to it. I think I don't think it will be as easy. I think a lot of people have kind of looked at it and it's like, ah, oh, do you remember last year when we went on a run of like two or three defeats and then we had Brighton at home and everyone was like, at the time, oh, it's the perfect game to bounce back. And like, I don't think it will be quite as challenging as Brighton are and were last season, but I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park at all. Um, but I've, I was messaging you before, right? Like I've... This is the first pod in a long time I've actually had like the time to actually do quite a lot of homework and I've looked at like tactical matchups, like statistics from the season. So looking forward to getting into that. But there is some encouraging signs there for us. And yeah, I yeah, we'll get into all of that stuff. But yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it, but I'm conscious I don't think it'll be a, a piece of piss like I think most people think it might be. But obviously the wider context, right? Like we have to bloody win and then go into Wednesday against City, which is going to be a season-defining game. And then, after that, we've got Villa away, uh, 12.30. And I don't think that's going to be easy. I think, like we said on the previous pod, Emery is a master at kind of sussing out the opponent's tactics. And it it completely Mm. changes his team for the opponent, which is what used to piss us off. But against us, that will be a challenge. So, big week ahead, but one game at a time. And let's go on to tomorrow. Yeah, and a quick shout out to Glenn Herriot as well for tuning in live. Good to see you here, mate. Yeah, and do let us know your thoughts. At the so, oh, yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully um, the signal stands up while you're traveling as well, in case you're not in a <laughs> firm location. But if you're in the chat, do let us know your thoughts, predicted scores for the game as well this weekend and, and anything you think about the lineups, which I think we'll probably start with the lineups and that will lead us nicely into your tactical analysis and thoughts about how we approach three games in a week and is this like a blueprint for what we might do next season with the Champions League as well so I'm interested to hear your homework um I had a little look at your thread on Twitter today and right. for anyone for anyone who missed that go to at Clates AFC and definitely do check that out I think I'll put it in the YouTube description after the show so it's definitely worth a read and I think it's really thorough and a good job man so Thank let's you. um let's go into the predicted lineup I see there's two question marks here for the first yeah. time in a long time. I um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, really. I think, yeah, well, what's your thoughts? So, obviously, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so so I've been looking at it from an FPL point of view all week because the two players I own are White and Martinelli that are the Same. question marks in this formation. Um, I am pretty bullish on Ben White. I okay. still, yeah, I still think that between now and the end of the season, I expect him to start ninety percent of the games, and and the reason behind that is, I feel like we fully embraced that kind of um, Pep formation now of last season, yeah. and with that in mind, with Zinchenko sitting and kind of CM next to Party, like how Cancelo used to next to Rodri, and then they used to play like a centre back at right back, basically, right? So, I do feel that you know we spent fifty mil on Ben White, Arteta wants him in the team no matter what. And we need that stability of the centre-back at right-back, especially if Zinchenko is going to play that kind of CM role, inverted full-back. So I have confidence. In terms of the short term, I do see Ben White getting rested in one of the next two games, but I do still have confidence. Yeah, I have confidence okay. long-term, but not yeah, short-term. Yeah. Okay, so if you're saying one of the two, 
that he, you think he'll be rested? What one do you reckon then? See, this is tough because I would have thought this game, Brentford, yeah. but then part of me is like, could Tomiyasu be used tactically just in that one game against, um, against you know, whoever's on the left wing for City, whether that's Grealish or Foden, whoever it ends up being. Um, so, so I think it could be either, which isn't helpful, I know, but equally <laughs> from an FPL point of view, I would say I'm expecting one start maybe in one of the... Like, which one it is, I'd rather it was the Brentford game from an FPL yeah. point of view, but um, I, I'll take it on the chin and then I expect him to continue going from there. So, okay, you know, like I think people are overblowing the fact that he's suddenly this rotation risk and there's this narrative he's fallen off the cliff. And the reason I say that is that he was being subbed off most games anyway, just a bit later than we've seen in recent times. And I do think two bad games isn't enough to wipe out the credit he has in the bank from what he's done so far this season is my kind of uh, line of logic. Um, you know, obviously against United, he was playing one of the best wingers in the league. He had a yellow card. And I, I felt like most of the team were off the pace against Everton. So I, I don't think just those two games is enough to kind of lose your space permanently. Sure. So I'm very similar to you. Uh, in the sense, I think 90, 95% of the season, it's Ben White's spot. And I guess on the immediate, so I have been changing my mind all week. I've I've kind of looked at it as I see two scenarios. Like one is we go unchanged and that's with the logic of him trying to get rhythm into the players. Like I think someone like Ben White, I don't think he was great against Everton and United, like you said, for the reasons he was up against one of the best wingers in the league on a yellow. He got hooked at half time and agree. I think rewinding before that, he was getting subbed off early and it wasn't performance based. It was just game state and whatnot. And he, he's been one of our most consistent performers and yeah, he's just had two games where he's been off it. And that's why part of me was taking these two scenarios and I was like, does he just give him a breather, a breather, not in the sense that he needs a rest, just kind of take him out of the team. And like, you've got someone like Tommy Asu waiting in the wings now where I take your point tactically, like Ben White's very important to how we play, but I don't think there's a drop off if Tommy Asu comes in against Brentford personally. But the reason I think Ben White will actually play both is I've, I've taken the mindset and view that I think he's going to, He's had this tried and tested 11 all season that have delivered for him, right? Other than like two games. And I just, I think if we didn't have City next Wednesday, I'd put a lot of money on Tommy Asu and Trossard coming in tomorrow. But mm -hmm. I think reverse engineering from that City game, I think he's going to want to get these guys to bounce back. Like, yeah, I agree. Ben White hasn't done enough to warrant being dropped, but I think it's a fact that he's not been as good as he usually is the last two games and that for me is an opportunity against Brentford at home three o'clock like all of the crowd will be behind him get that kind of confidence is a weird thing right but I feel like there could be an element of that just get him and Martinelli playing alongside everyone else that's been the most consistent team this year and try to get them back to the level that we know they're capable of and I don't actually think Martinelli's been bad but I do think White has been the last two games so that's why I've kind of gone there on the right back slot. Um, but it's one of those, like I say, I'm 50, 50 on it. Like I can't say that with a hundred percent confidence. If I saw the team sheet tomorrow at 2 PM and Tommy Asu was in there, I would not be surprised. And to your point, I think there's also a situation where against city, it's a tactical thing. And Tommy's used as like the specialist one V one fullback. So there's so many scenarios, but 
if I had to put my money on it, I'm actually going white to start both just from a mm-hmm. consistency and rhythm perspective to try and get himself into it. Um, and and, that, and that's something that they talk about a lot, right? Like Pep's talked about this for his teams. And I know Arteta, I guess you could say he didn't have the personnel to rotate. Exactly He's always been quite stubborn, yeah. but now he does. So it's like, surely he will utilize that and not drive anyone into the ground. Um, I, I wouldn't be against the idea that maybe White does start, but he gets another like, somewhere between Early, 60 yeah. to 70th minute sub. So maybe he starts, try to get that rhythm going, as you say, with the same 11, get him with some confidence with the home crowd, and then just take him off and protect him for that game. Um, that, that's also a scenario where he could start both. I think that's t- perfectly viable. But I see Martinelli in the same vein, because I think okay. what Martinelli's done all season shows me that, especially off the ball, he's done nothing wrong to be yeah. dropped against City, probably our biggest challenge yet. So it's like, I would want him there to be oh, doing yeah. all that dirty work against Man City. So if anything, I see Martinelli's expected minutes in the City game to be much higher than they are in the Brentford game. Me too. Yeah. And and, and I do think, again, I wouldn't be shocked to see Trossard start, but Was I have a feeling that Martin... Yeah, against Brentford, sorry. But, but I would be shocked to see Trossard start against City. So I, I think... I see a world again, similarly, where like Martinelli probably does start against Brentford, but it's a very early sub to keep him ready for City. So that, that's, I think I'm more in your scenario A thinking of you yeah. go with everyone, we try to go aggressive and we try to go a few goals up if we can get past Brentford and then take off some key personnel Agreed. if and I think the game state's changed. The only thing I think where I think slightly different on the Martinelli situation to Ben White where we've both said like White will get 90, 95% of the games for the rest of the season. Well, percentage-wise, I think Martinelli will get this similar. I'd have Martinelli at like 80, 85. I think there'll be a couple more games than people think where Trossard actually starts. And again, I, I put big, big money on this. If we didn't have City on Wednesday, I really think there'd be a couple changes uh, to, to the lineup tomorrow. I'm very confident in Martinelli against City for everything you said about the off-the-ball work and even just having him 1v1 against someone like Walker. I think, yeah, yeah I think that, that'll be... Especially really... on the transition. Like, I'm sure when we get to the Man City preview next week in that episode, yeah. one of the thoughts I had was that they're going to want to win and that might leave us with some opportunities on the transition. But then I spoke to someone, um, Gabriel, on my show net that hall, and he said that he reckons Pep in the same way. You remember what he said before the United game? He says, I'm going to do some crazy stuff. Oh, You're not yeah. ready for it. <laughs> I reckon Pep's going to do some crazy shit. And he's then just suddenly going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to push ahead. I'm going to just try and overload the midfield and stop their midfield from getting overloads against us because he's going to see how we've been beating teams and try to nullify us. So I have a thing yeah. he's not going to be as aggressive and trying to bombard into our box like you might normally see from City I think he might tactically try to change it a bit and in that Hopefully scenario he overthinks it like he does in big games it, right? exactly <laughs> that's what I'm praying for but um, on this game specifically um, not this game sorry, in the long term with Martinelli I, I do think especially with the three games this week if my prediction's right that he starts these next two gets limited minutes in the first one then I do see Trossard starting against Villa away and that's yeah. just because I don't see how Martinelli could start all three in seven days. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and going so- forwards, I think that's going to be a common theme with Europa's return. It's like, is it going to be that Martinelli's still okay in the Prem, but purely because Trossard's getting minutes in Europa? Or is it that, depending on the opposition, we might start to see Arteta utilise his depth a bit more and play certain players, like you said last episode, 
depending on who we're facing. So yeah, that's, that, that's something that's that can change. This is the thing, right? Like the narrative that non-Arsenal fans are spitting out a lot is, oh, Arteta doesn't change his team. And I, I strongly, obviously, factually agree on that. But I think people never take the context into it. For me, it's so bloody clear why he's played the same 11 because he's only got 13 players that he trusts of that level. I think now we're going to see it a lot more, in my opinion. There's, and I think more the back end of the season when Europa kicks in and going into next season when we're in a higher level competition playing every three days. But I, I really think we're going to start to see two or three changes a bit more frequently and it is going to be a bit more specific to the opposition. But ironically, you know, in the Everton review, we were talking about how well Sean Dyche set them up to nullify us and mm. the theme in terms of like Leeds, Everton away, Newcastle at home, where they packed out the half spaces and stuff. I actually want us to play the exact same way um, tomorrow. I really do. And I think that's what the one thing I said was obviously it wasn't a kind of reactive thing like, oh, my God, we need to change our system. It was just against Everton. The system wasn't working, right? We needed to tweak something for that specific game state. But from the homework I've been doing, like, I absolutely want us to just play our game and have Martinelli completely isolated. So, like, just very high level, some of the stuff I found this week from looking. So, Brentford statistically, uh, defensively for non-penalty XG conceded, they're eighth best in the league, right? So... They're not shipping high quality, big chances like they're kind of mid table defense for the chances and the quality of the chances they concede. But if you look at the breakdown of where they come from, they are the worst team in the league for chances conceded down the center. That's 105. They're the worst. And one thing I was thinking, do you remember the Spurs game? So I actually predict that Brentford will start in a back three, back five tomorrow, however you want to um call that and they've done that against us before and obviously there's a slide coming up where we've got a couple of their previous lineups but I think they'll go with a back five do you remember the Spurs game the one thing we did so bloody well we talk about our positional play all the time right and our, our little pods our units how we structurally move the opposition the way we like overloaded the right and then vacated the middle for the likes of Odegaard and Xhaka to just thrive I think we're going to see a lot of patterns tomorrow just like that. And I think where I've seen statistically, they concede most of their chances down the middle. For me, that the Spurs game is like the blueprint of just do that again tomorrow. And in that game, and every game post-restart, we've had Martinelli isolated on the left as an outlet. It's just, unfortunately, against Everton and Newcastle, they were good at breaking that down. But Newcastle's one team that they came and did it at the Emirates, they're one of the best defensive sides in the league. I don't think there's many teams that can come to the Emirates and do it. I think doing it at pitches like Elland Road and Goodison Park, the pitches are a lot tighter and smaller. So, you know, you talk about our positional play at the Emirates. We maximize the pitch and make it take advantage of every inch available. The spacing and the distances are so hard to defend against. So Brentford can come and try and do that. But we will have space everywhere. So that's why I want us to kind of impose that game plan that we've been doing recently. And it was just a one-off where it came unstuck, in my opinion, because of the type of, type of pitch we were playing at and the size there. The other thing I noticed was um, they're the fifth worst for chances conceded down their right-hand side. Um, mm. So Martinelli, if you've got him isolated there, you've created an overload, right? Uh, the other thing I noticed from looking was, I can't remember what order this was, but from their right and left-hand flanks, they're the second and third worst team statistically for crosses conceded. 
So I'm thinking if we get ourselves into those little half spaces and like, you know, zone 14, either side around of them, if Ben White's in there, Ben White's a better crosser of the ball than Tommy Asu, in my opinion. Martinelli at the back post. You've got Odegaard and, and Ketia taking advantage of the central zones. I think there's a lot of statistical evidence from Brentford this season that marries up quite nicely with how we tactically play our game. And I've seen a lot of narratives doing the rounds of like how it's all doom and gloom and we need to change our system, this, that. For me, our system that came unstuck against Everton is tailor-made for this game tomorrow, for me personally. Um, and, and I think also just from a central kind of conceding chances point of view, something that we're quite good at is like we spread our goals across the team. Yeah. And I think Spurs game is definitely the blueprint. But I have a feeling that like if we're on, like say, the right flank and we've got Saka and we've overloaded that side, the centre's free, you've got Odegaard in the middle, you've got Martinelli isolated on the left. It's very difficult for the defenders and the goalkeeper to know what's going to happen next. Like, exactly. we're not like it's not the balls aren't all going to Harry Kane or Harlan. Like, any of our players could be the target. So, I think that leaves it difficult for the goalkeeper where he could be like, Do I wait for Saka because he's going to cut in from the wing where it's overloaded and go for the you know the, the screamer he's been doing in the top left? Or is it going to be passed off to Odegaard with fancy footwork and then he's going to go for the near post? Or is Martinelli just going to suddenly arrive from a whipped in cross and go in all the way from there? So it's kind of like, it's hard for them to know where to defend or where to organise the defence and where the defenders should stand. And I think that's where we can capitalise on it because yeah. no one knows like who's... like We've had so many opportunities, right, where like Martinelli will be running down the flank after he received it or try to drive to the byline, get past three, four players and then just quickly, you know, um, slide it into one of Odegaard or Saka and vice versa with Ben White back to Martinelli. So, like, exactly, we just have yeah. so much different rotational play and positional play that I do think we have enough to do this, especially at home, but it's not going to be easy. Like, I think that, like, when that first goal comes is going to be the question and we need to have a really solid first half and I think we need to go back to, like, that kind of try to kill them off before the first half end scenario yeah. where you're trying to get to the second or third goal by the end of the first half. So we can then have that luxury of resting some of these guys for city. Now, if it's yeah. a cagey game and it's nil nil come 50, 60th minute, suddenly we've got a big decision to make. It's like, do we keep these players on and, you know, get more risk into our pre city prep or do we just like, have to just accept that like, okay, we're going to have to change the plan here. And maybe that's where rather than doing like for like swaps, which we did against um, Everton, maybe this is where you do bring on like a Trossard or a TNE or a Tomiyasu, but the system changes, not just bring them on like for like and do the same thing. Because I think that's one of the things you mentioned last week was it felt like we brought the person along, but we didn't change the system at all. So I think we start with the normal system, but if it's cagey, we need to be willing this time to, change that system and rest some of those players even yeah. if we're not ahead think, yeah that that for me was just specific to that Everton game to be fair obviously I don't know what challenges um we'll face mm. against Brentford tomorrow game state wise but that yeah that was just the specific thing against Everton um I think you yeah if, if it gets to 50 60 minutes and it's cagey I don't think he'll be sit thinking of City I think he'll just be thinking of that game like this is in the context of the season we just, like, I think I got a bit carried away, started looking too far ahead at fixtures. We saw it last week when we slipped up and like Spurs did do us a favour, right? But we just have to, we have to get three points on the board tomorrow and then three points against City. And then I think you can start to look at building blocks beyond that. But 
things change and fluctuate so quickly in this league. Um, so I think it's if it's 50, 60 minutes and it's still cagey, I don't think he's going to be thinking about, oh, I need to manage their minutes or anything. Mm. I think he's going to do He's going to go for it. To win yeah. that fucking game tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Should we look at some of the, on the Brentford side, kind of some of their different systems? Because obviously they do play a back four a lot of the up, time, yeah. but they don't do it against other teams like us. Like they changed it explicitly against us last time. And I thought we performed so well at their stadium. You know, I think we're the only team that have beaten them at their stadium this season. Like maybe it's changed since the restart, but at least until the restart, we were the only team that beat them at their home ground. And there were some big wow. teams that went there. So, really? That's mad. You know, yeah. So they changed their system. That was their home ground. And we still managed to get through that. I don't know why <laughs> Siri is asking me stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't get that. Um, but yeah, so obviously here for the podcast listeners, um, I think we're predicting they're going to go for this formation on the left, which is kind of yeah. Raya in goal, Aya, Pinnock, me in the back three with Rico Henry and there's two small for me to read. I'm going to make a big, I can't pronounce his name also, Rorslev on I'll the right wing back. <laughs> and then in the midfield three, you've got the silver Norgard Jensen with Mbwemo Tony in a kind of three by two <laughs> up front, I guess. I love so your pronunciations. Yeah, Mbwemo Tony. <laughs> so the, um, those are the kind of two guys up top. Now, the question is, do they bring on an extra attacker in Wissa and have a front three and lose that extra uh, defender in Aya? So that's kind of the real question. And I don't think they're going to come away from home and go for a 4-3-3 person. No. I just don't see it. Yeah, I I think they'll go for the back five again. Um, They did it against Leeds, obviously. Southampton home game, they went 4-3-3. But they did it against us last time. But obviously, we just completely destroyed them last time right i hope i hope we can just play that game again like obviously jesus was there last time and and Ketty gives us something different but i think now we're, we're 20, 19 20 games in you're seeing the statistical evidence like there's a theme in brentford's stats right regardless of it's mm. so four at the back or five at the back the chances they concede in central zones the quantity is ridiculous and if we can get like the saka odegaard link up do you know what the pattern of play I really want to see is, you know, when like Ben White pushes it into space, Saka brings onto it, Odegaard's chilling in a pocket. And then you've got two people moving in different directions and they're just as a unit disjointed. They don't know where to go. That's the movement and pattern I want to see quite a lot where you get into an area where you can either go on the outside and get across in, or you can go drive inside. And then you've got the space to play in Jacka Martinelli on the mm. left. That's the pattern I really want to see. And I think you can do that regardless of if they go four or five at the back. But I think tomorrow is be respectful. Like It's not going to be a walk in the park, but just play our game. I, I am so confident that our blueprint, that a few people are getting a bit twitchy ass about, is set up to like have, give us joy tomorrow. I really believe that if everyone turns up and just play our normal positional play game, like play to the best of our ability. And I think against Everton, there were patterns that were nice. It was just... Arriving in that final third, the the final pass was off, the final decision. And I think that's mm. where, I don't know psychologically what impacts that, but just everyone needs to be on it tomorrow. It's a huge, huge opportunity to go into the City game and like a nice momentum, good rhythm. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I can't wait. Should we um, look at the score predictions? I'd be interested to know yeah, what you think go so, going into we, this. So we both got it wrong uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, we, we've not we've not predicted a loss yet. 
that that's a good point. We've predicted 19 wins and one draw. Um, maybe we were a bit optimistic. Well, I'm sure the City game will be an interesting prediction. This one, um, I, I I don't know. Like we don't keep many clean sheets at the Emirates. I think we've kept two all season, and like nearly all our clean sheets have been away from home. So I do although feel like I a lot of those goals it, have been like just mad, like a couple of mistakes and. Yeah, yeah just... like, do you remember, obviously, when we had Mitrovic closing down Gabriel and scoring? There's yeah, been a few incidents like, like, like Villa that. Villa corner. Like, oh, yeah. my God, the goal from like, the corner. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> I do feel like I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I feel like four or five of them were, like, not as a result of, like, a great move from the opposition sort of thing. It's like we really, like, brought it upon ourselves scenario. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. So I would like to say I'd predict, like, a 2-0 with the clean sheet, but... Something just worries me about Ivan Tony. Like he, he is honestly yeah. such a great goal scorer. And I think after the banter, like it's a psychological thing, but like <laughs> after the banter last season, and then obviously like Gabriel, once we won this season, put a tweet out mocking him. Yeah. I think he's gonna be extra fired up. So I'd love to say it's 2-0, but I'm maybe leaning more to like a 2 1, 3 1, you know. Okay. Um and how do, do you, you see that going? So, so I'm thinking like it's kind of we go like free up and then we get sloppy and we make subs and then suddenly so you're going for two end. one but you think we'll be three to up <laughs> no 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 three one so I think two one or three oh, one right, but okay. I think I'm gonna go with three one I think we can get free against them again okay, nice but I think we're gonna concede one like a consolation goal I don't think sure. it's gonna be like you know two nil or one one and then we have to like fight to get the third goal I think we're gonna hopefully already be comfortable by the time we can see it is my thinking sure okay cool so well, let's yeah, go three one three one that'll be a nice scoreline uh i am going to you know i'm back in the clean sheet i think i'm hoping that if tactically it goes as we've kind of tried to proactively analyze i think the level of control will be uh ridiculous i, I really do i think i hope we have that level of control that we know we've got in our locker but that element of decisiveness in the final third that was lacking against Everton and I think if we combine the two tomorrow uh, I, I think it could be um, a real good game for us I really do um, but I do think I'm wary of Brentford on the counter and stuff I just think we're at home I stand so strongly by this like the Emirates is so tailor-made to the positional play football we do like offensively and defensively I, and I think each week that's passing by, the level of competence and aptitude, it's getting better and better. I, I, I think we could see levels of that. I, I think we could see elements of control like we did at Brentford away. Uh, I think we could see that tomorrow. So I'm going 2-0 to the Arsenal. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I'll just put this here for a few minutes in case any questions come up in the chat. Otherwise, we can just talk a little bit more about some general stuff, maybe some of the City stuff as well while we wait for any questions. And then I think... In about three minutes, we'll, we'll call the pod at half an hour because obviously these previews are a bit shorter. We'll do a deep dive review on Sunday evening to look at the Brentford game. And then hopefully on Monday or Tuesday, I think we will try to then also Tuesday. do the, Tuesday. That's it. Yeah. The preview of the City game. Valentine's special. <laughs> Valentine's special. Arsenal Man City preview. So just a shout out as well to Ray Koreshi who's joined in live. Good to see you, Hello, mate. mate. But yeah, so I think while we wait to see if there are any final questions, um, I guess I just wanted to ask you about something a bit different. It's not necessarily football related, but it's about Man City still. So do okay. you think that like the charges against them are going to have a like a positive impact of bringing them together 
us against the world? Or do you think it's going to be something that plays on their mind and it could be a bit of a negative impact in the back of their head going into the rest of the season? I definitely don't think it will be a positive like rejuvenation, galvanise the troops at all. I similarly don't think it will have as much of a negative impact. I just think it will be a distraction. I think Mike said that last week um, mm-hmm. in one of the like chats on the pod and stuff. I, I think it will be a huge distraction. And I think something hasn't been right there for a while at City anyway. Like the murmurs that have come out about certain people wanting to leave. Obviously, you've seen Cancelo. He was unhappy, not playing to the standards. You've seen the squad turnover, like Sinchenko, Jesus, Sterling all going. There's talks of another rebuild in the summer. Pep's coming out with some fucking weird shit every other week. Like, I just think something's not right there. And I think it will prove to be a huge distraction for them. Um, and But to be honest, I put myself out there a few weeks ago, right? I, I think we're the best team in the league anyway. And I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to have as much of an impact on the team performance as people think. I just think... It's like a wider club. It just adds to the negative fire going on there that already yeah. being fueled. Yeah, no, I agree. I what think like my, my my thinking is that obviously like Pep had said that if City lied to him, he would leave. So, But equally, this looks like it will be dragged through the courts of law for two to three years, if not more. Like I don't think anything's happening anytime soon. Like this is going to be like, this could be something that maybe isn't so much of a distraction this season. But as the case goes on, the distraction could get bigger and bigger over time. And I think you're right to mention there's a lot of players who seem to want out with the likes of Bernardo Silva, I think Gundogan, um, Kyle Walker. You know, there's quite a fair few of them who do not look too content. Um, So I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. But um, let's take, um, just in terms of um, Odran, I just want to say for your question, um, so about Trossard or Tomiyasu, once the live show ends in like literally a minute, if you go to the beginning to where the team lineup timestamp will be, we have a really good discussion, like going deep diving yeah. into both those positions specifically, um, especially for this game, City game and Villa away. So r- rather than kind of repeating ourselves, I-, I would recommend if you can, please go, go just go back once the show ends in a minute. And yeah, that should we, We've covered it in for, a lot of detail. For the podcast, the question was, do you think Trossard or Tommy Asu get the start this week to give White... And Martinelli a bit of a rest before City. So, yeah, I guess for anyone that tunes in and missed the start, um, we covered that in quite a bit of detail in the predicted lineup area. And I think let's just take this final question from Ray. Again, it's more about City, but we'll go into it more on Tuesday. But do you think we'll attack with intent to defeat Man City or be a bit withdrawn to not lose? I like that question. I 119, 5,000% will attack with intent to defeat them. Not a single doubt in my mind. I think we mm-hmm. did that last year at home and we weren't even at this level as a team as we were then, right? I think we completely outplayed them at home and then we lost our heads, right? Like we had a bit of a... Yeah, we were a bit immature as a team back then and we had Lacazette up front. We we weren't as good as we are now. And that was back then. I, I've got no doubt in my mind we're going to go. And this for me is... Like, this is a... Chant like you remember the Liverpool game, people were talking about like changing of the guard. This is the opportunity to stamp ourselves out there as like the changing of the guard. So I think we're absolutely going to go there and try to get three points. What about yeah, you? No, yeah, no, I absolutely. I think it's going to be a huge measure of where we are from January last year at home against them, where you know it was the first time I'd heard commentators saying Man City are holding on here. 
Like we were relentless that game and we've come such a long way. Our young players have matured and got better. We've added leadership and experience. I know Jesus isn't ready yet, but these guys are in the dressing room, you know, basically giving talks and advice with Zinchenko in the huddles before each game. So I'm just honestly so excited um, to watch this game and see where we've come since then. And I think one thing I will say is I thought Man City would also like approach this as like we have to win. Yeah. But the more and more I think about it, I'm starting to think they will be the more withdrawn team. I do yeah. think they will try to kind of um, disrupt our play and our overloads in the midfield. Like they're going to be... Like, I think De Bruyne will be playing a bit further back, for example, with Rodri. So I think the way um, Gabriel described on it, that whole, and I thought that was a really interesting take, is typically you have Rodri as the lone six, right? And then you have, like, the likes of De Bruyne and Gundogan, for example, as, like, hybrid eight tens. Yeah. But I think against us, there'll be hybrid six eights, not tens. Damn. I think that's they're going to go all the it? way back. And you think yeah, about so, that. So that's a lot of respect. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? Like, I know the FA Cup, we changed five, six players, but yeah, I know we're going into the City game here and we're doing a preview next week, but they had their pretty much strongest team other than the keeper. And like you could say Bernardo in for maybe Gundogan, but I didn't see that. Like I saw enough there that encouraged me that I think we can have a go and get three points, but let's, let's, let's do Brentford first. Let's, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get through Brentford. Time, let's but... beat those guys. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned in live as well. And, and yeah, thanks and for doing like, questions. let us know if you have any feedback or comment on the video after if, um, you disagree or agree on our thoughts about the kind of Tomiyasu Trossard potential starts. Keen to have that discussion. Um, for anyone who doesn't follow us on Twitter as well, we're on at AFC Bite Size Pod. So we'd love to just chat to you guys throughout the week outside the episodes in the live chat. So do tweet us like during the match days, like get in touch. We'd, we'd love to chat to you guys more. So thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, if you found it entertaining, please hit that like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. And otherwise, it's uh, up the Arsenal and hopefully it's back to winning ways this weekend and the big bounce back. Yeah, fingers crossed. Up the fucking Arsenal. Come on. Come on, you guys. <laughs>